Welcome, everyone, to episode 95 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening today. I very much appreciate it. Today, I am talking with my good friend, Tiffany, uh, who's one of my favorite nerds, and she is a Disney bounder extraordinaire about <laughs> Black Panther. In the basement, rolling dice. Hey, Tiffany. How are you today? I'm good. Excellent. So first things first, uh, we're recording this after you just went on a really awesome hike. How was it? It was nice. We didn't go to the top because it's really tedious. It's like a three-mile hike all the way to the top. So we kind of went to the first peak, but it was nice. It was nice out, not too smoggy, so it had a good view. Did you say 30? Three miles. Oh, three miles. I was like, thir- I was like, I was like, that's your day. <laughs> that- <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was like, wow. <laughs> so I'm glad it was only three then. That's, that's excellent. Well, we didn't do the whole thing. It's you- three miles for the whole thing, but we only did maybe like the first mile. Okay. Oh, excellent. Um, and it was it was a little cold today. Did you bundle up? Yeah, I just wore like a long sleeve uh, workout shirt. I have a few of those in my back pocket just in case, you know, California weather gets cold. Um, but after I started hiking, I warmed up a bit. So it ended up being pretty nice. Excellent. That's wonderful. Uh, before we jump into Black Panther, just so we can hit the fitness aspect, uh, the dumbbells aspect of Dumbbells and Dragons, mm-hmm. what are a couple of your favorite hikes here in Southern California? Cool. Well, the one I went on today is called Wildwood. It's Wildwood Canyon, and it's in Burbank. And I really like it just because it's an actual hike where you're really going to get a workout. So I don't feel like I've wasted my time because I've done some hikes around L.A. And I'm just like, this is a nice leisurely walk. But if I'm going to like be doing this for like an hour or two, I want to actually feel like I've accomplished something. So it's kind of miserable because the first trudge of the hike is very vertical, and it's definitely a serious workout. But I like it because I get a workout. Um, and then I also like the hike to the wisdom tree, which I did for the first time a couple weeks ago, which is also a treacherous kind of hike. Like you have to kind of climb rocks. I don't know if you've done that one before, but um, I haven't. Yeah. That one, um, my husband, Dan showed me and it's definitely a workout, but you can, once you hit the, his, the wisdom tree, you can actually like continue, like go right. And you can actually get to the Hollywood sign from there as well, which is pretty cool, and I think that's why I like it, because you're, like, right there on the Hollywood sign. Oh, excellent. That's actually – Hollywood sign is one of my hikes that I'm uh, scheduled to do at some point this year, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I actually – I've been in California for almost three years now, and I still have not hiked up to the Hollywood oh, sign. Oh, that's fine. I've lived here for – what is this, 2018? I've lived here for – about uh, 11 years, and that was my first time a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so you're still fine. That's excellent. I. It's always good to know yeah. um, that other, other people are, you know, just as bad at me as me at hiking to the Hollywood sign. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I live here. I can go anytime. And then it just keeps getting pushed back and back until you're finally like, maybe I should actually do this. It's been a decade. 
for sure. So when are you and Dan going to do a Tough Mudder with me? What is a Tough Mudder? A Tough Mudder is about a 10-mile obstacle course. Oh, God. That sounds uh, terrible. And it's amazing. It's so much fun. It's like if 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 you like hiking and you like, I don't know, I mean, 10 miles is a lot. But if you like hiking... Uh, and obstacles and just like, essentially it's like being able to be a kid again on a playground. Um, there's monkey bars and all this other kind of cool stuff to go up and fall down on. And, uh, and there's also, uh, like hundred of your closest friends. Is it in the mud? Uh, it's not all in the mud, but at some points you do go through mud. Oh, that sounds like fun, but I don't know if I could do 10 miles. Well, the good news is, is there's a Tough Mudder half as well that's only five miles. Oh, I could do that one. I could probably do that one. I mean, especially if it's my first one, I need to start off, like, smaller. I can't, like, jump into, like, the big dogs. Uh, I think you could. I totally believe in you. <laughs> and it is coming up this weekend if you wanted to do it this weekend. Oh, yeah, right. I'm so out of shape right now. I'm, like, trying to get – that's why we didn't do the full hike because I'm, like, trying to get myself back into shape. It's been a while. So I'm, like, slowly but surely, like, getting back to my pristine fitness condition. But I'm not there yet. Well, in that case, the Southern California Tough Mudder is in October, and I will hit you up again closer to when that yeah, one that is sounds, and convince you in advance. That to do sounds it. like I could do that. I could probably, by October, I should be back to my peak fitness level. Okay. Um, excellent. Well, I'm going to take that as a firm commitment, <laughs> and I'm going to pressure you until you. Sign oh, up. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, there's one thing that we are here to talk about, and it is Black Panther. Um, I have my opinions on this, and I think you have your opinions on it, and I think we are coming from two fairly different backgrounds, so I'm excited to see where this discussion goes. Um, So I I, want to know, before we get into how you felt about the movie and, you know, some of the more specifics. What did this film mean to you? Um, okay. Well, so this movie, when I heard like Black Panther was going to be a movie, I wasn't quite sure what that meant. I didn't realize it was really going to go into like Wakanda and all that other stuff. So um, once I realized like what that meant as a film, um, it meant like a lot. Um, it's it's the first time I've ever seen myself represented in a mainstream film in such a powerful way. Like we have had superhero films. It's not like, you know, this is the first time there's been like a black superhero um, because, you know, there have been those movies before, but to be like in a main like Marvel film where its reach is huge and it's part of like the bigger MCU and like the entire cast is black except for like a couple characters. Um, it was huge. And I didn't realize how huge until I started to start seeing like posters and marketing for it. And then I was like, okay, like this is about to be like something really special. Um, and then when I saw it, I realized like it was 
extremely special. So it meant a lot. Um, it meant a lot to me also because not only is it just like, oh, a mainstream movie that has a predominantly all African American cast, but also the women are very prominent. And yes, we've had, uh, black superheroes before, but to see such strong black women in such pivotal roles in a film, that representation is not very, um, common. So that was huge for me. What what did it feel like sitting in the theater and watching these strong, amazing black women on the screen? Uh, it was I was highly emotional. It was something that kind of took my breath away. Like I was just kind of speechless and shocked because I've grown up used to not seeing myself in films. Like I grew up used to it. Like you're just, you see movies and you're like, well, you know, that's just how it is. Like Hollywood is white and that's just, you know, you're used to it and you just kind of move on. But when you actually see something there that has been lacking your entire life, it kind of uh, is over. It was extremely overwhelming. Um, I just like, I was like in a state of shock for part of that film because I just couldn't believe like what my eyes were seeing. That's, that's really incredible. And it, I I have a lot to, I, I'm having a lot of reactions right now to what you're saying, but it's like, I, mm-hmm. a majority, what, all of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I've seen myself represented on screen. Like, <laughs> yeah. e- every movie, there's a you know, cis white male straight protagonist. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, is, is it, is it weird for me to say that I'm a little bit jealous that I am never going to get the feeling that you have? And it just seems like it was such an emotional experience and it meant so much more to you. Um, but I think that, I think I'm fine never having that experience because I think that's not for me. It's not a good, it's not a good experience to have. Like you shouldn't be jealous because honestly, the reason we're having this reaction is because we're jealous. Like we're not jealous, but we're like, we were the ones left out. You know, it's like, you don't want to be left out. So it's like one of those things where it's like, it's not something that you should feel jealous of. Cause that just means like you're, it's like you've, you had that opportunity. So you're the lucky one. Like you're the one who's never had to grow up, like wondering if you could ever be like, Superman or, you know, Batman or anything like that. You had that your whole life. Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, (laughs) you would have to, you, you probably did have that feeling. You just didn't know because you were like, wow, like growing up as a child, you could be like, I could be Superman. But like, we were kind of left behind, you know? So the reason why I'm having these reactions is because I'm an adult now and I've just got it my first time. You know, it's, you, you yeah. probably did have that as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, like, what, 30 years earlier than yeah. anybody, you know, the, uh, yeah. Uh, and I guess, I guess that's just me talking from a very privileged standpoint. So I am, I am acutely aware of that. Uh, just to get your overall feelings of, of Black Panther as a movie, where does it fall for you in the MCU? Um, that's a good question. Let me think about this for a second. I get, um, 
different, I have different feelings about different Marvel movies. Now, I grew up not reading superhero comics. I was more of like the pop culture superhero girl. Like I loved Lois and Clark growing up. So that was like my superhero, like fandom watching it on television. Um, I loved it. And then I also grew up watching Christopher Reeve. So Superman was like my thing. So um, watching Marvel movies was like my first real introduction to like actually caring a- about like a whole like whole. So I was kind of like, I really loved Iron Man because that's the one that started it all. I was like, this is so cool. Like what is going on? Um, and I'm not like a comic book superhero person. So I don't know like the real story. So I just kind of go with the flow with the movies. Um, but this one definitely falls as far as like the whole experience. It's probably my favorite. Um, I, I, uh, I like the guardians cause it's funny and it's enjoyable to watch. And I like, um, Iron Man cause it started it all. And, uh, I loved Thor Ragnarok cause it kind of had the same, uh, energy as the guardians as far as like humor goes. And I really enjoy that. It's like goofy. It's funny, but this one was like on another level for me because not only did it have humor and have fun action sequences, but it also had a plot that I literally could identify with to the point where it was like, I was watching something a lot and like a higher level than any of the other MCU films. It's like another level of like, of a, like a, the storyline is just on a whole other plane. Uh, I can see that. I, I will say that for me, I think this is easily the most beautiful Marvel film from a set design, costume design. Oh, true that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, it's just the colors were so amazing and vibrant. And uh, I also have to say uh, the musical scores were, oh, yeah. were probably my most memorable. Like I couldn't really remember a lot of the other Marvel uh, scores. Like it's not <laughs> something that I really thought of, you know, aside from Iron Man. Cause that's, you know, yeah, Iron yeah Man. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I got to say from a story wise, also acting wise uh, and villain wise, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger was the best Marvel villain. Cause you could root for him. You, you could root for him now. Mm-hmm. What? And, and the thing was in my, in my opinion, what makes a good villain is they don't see themselves as the villain. Mm-hmm. And there's some Marvel villains that are like, Oh, I want to destroy the world or, Oh, I want to steal all this technology where, uh-huh. you know, they're doing something wrong uh-huh. and they know they're doing something wrong. Uh-huh. But in this one, it was, uh, Eric Killmonger was genuinely doing what he thought was right. Exactly. Exactly. Like it, it it's one of those things where he was so complex because you're listening to him. And first of all, you're like, well, he does have stake at the throne. He's freaking blood. That's number one. You know, like he deserves to be there too, to like challenge or whatever. And then the other thing is like, no, you're right. What is Wakanda doing right now? Like, it's just, it's, we also watching it as Americans, especially African-Americans. We are Killmonger. We're the ones like struggling. 
in America, not having like any of the advantages that Wakanda has. And we're like, Hey, like, what are y'all doing to help the rest of the world over here? Like your brothers and sisters are over here struggling and you guys are just sitting pretty over here. So it's one of those things where it makes you think and you're like, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing T'Challa? Like what's wrong with y'all? Like, what are you doing? Kind of a thing. I think that was the, it's so hard to break from comfort and break from the status quo. Such an amazing movie. Uh, I got to say though, as for, I, I think this is one of the top two most important Marvel movies. Hmm. What's the other one? It's, it's either this or Iron Man. Oh yeah. See, Iron Man was great too. Like that one, I have a, like, same with you. Like I have like a really like strong love in my heart for that one because I didn't know what was about to start. When I went to see Iron Man, I was like, okay, like, let me just go see this like superhero movie. I didn't realize like what it was going to be. And it was just like, it, I definitely remember feeling super like, whoa, when I saw Iron Man, (laughs) that's legit, legitimate. I, the only reason I'm putting Iron Man up there is because if we didn't ha- if Iron Man had not been successful, we wouldn't have gotten the yep. last all of them. Four- 14 Marvel movies. Yep. I agree. That's why I say Iron Man's the one that started it all. And it's very important like to me, too. I love it. Um, and this one, I feel like, is also up there just because not only with like the whole representation aspect, but like the way that they took the story, like it wasn't like your typical superhero film at all. It was like a completely different take on a Marvel movie where it was like, this is a standalone film. Like this didn't have to be part of the MCU and it still would have been like an incredible movie. Like a lot of the other like MCU movies, like don't really stand on their own. They're kind of just there to keep the MCU going where it's like, all right, well we needed this for like that backstory, but it really isn't like, but like this one stands alone, like as a film, it didn't even need to be in the MCU and it could have just been like an incredible film. Oh, absolutely. And and there really wasn't very much of a connection until the post-credits scene. Mm-hmm. And and what I loved about it is it wasn't an origin story. No, yeah. We're kind of sick of origin stories at this point too. I think it's like too many. We got it, you know. I yeah. like that too. And they're un they're not needed. Yeah. Like Everyone going into a Marvel movie these days is willing to just accept the fact that this person has powers. Yeah. Origin stories, like, Iron Man needed it because it started it all. But, like, sometimes, like, you don't need it. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, Spider-Man, when they finally brought Spider-Man, you know, it was like, we definitely don't need another origin story. We know Peter Parker gets bit by a freaking spider. We get it. Like, let's just go. (laughs) Just move along. Let's hit the ground running. Yeah. So for sure. Um, Another thing that I loved about this film is that it included some of my like idols, (laughs) like Angela Bassett growing up and has always been like one of my top female black idols. Like I wanted to be her. Like one of the reasons I wanted to be an actress growing up is because of Angela Bassett. So to have her included in this film was also really special for me. Um, just seeing her. That's excellent. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, Angela Bassett is, like, the queen to me. Like, I'm, I'm always like, why doesn't this woman have an Oscar? She is better than, like, half of Hollywood. <laughs> I'll say that forever. Uh, I would totally agree with you. I'm a big fan. And I, I think that if she doesn't have one yet, I'm hoping that one is coming. Also, for 
Michael B. Jordan. He has been incredible. I, I don't think I've ever seen him do a bad role. You know, that's a good point. I, I haven't watched all of his films, but the ones I've seen him in, I'm like, yeah, that that he's legit. <laughs> he's good. I should take that back. I don't think I've ever seen him do a bad job. I have seen him in bad films. Yeah, that... What was the bad film? I don't even know. I haven't seen him in a bad one. So let me avoid it. The Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Is that the reboot? I didn't see that. I was like, I'm done with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was It was definitely the reboot. Okay, yeah. I didn't even bother. Apparently, he's about to be in a remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, so that's kind of cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure they're all going to start getting a ton more roles thrown their way, because... They just all did an amazing job. Like it was so fantastic. And I do you know I'm what I'm really hoping for this is that it shows Marvel and it shows Disney and it shows Hollywood that a essentially a blockbuster movie um, headlined by a black actor can be insanely successful. And I would like to see yeah. <laughs> right. Finally. Finally. Um, and I would, I would like to see this pave the way for my Anthony Mackie Falcon Captain America. I'm ready. You know what? I'm also ready for because, like, I know I'm acting crazy. Like, I know I've lost my mind at this point. And like Dan and I have talked about this multiple times, but um, not just Falcon because, like, I've been standing by Falcon being Captain America since like the moment they introduced Falcon. I was like, okay, so he's the next Cap. And you know, Dan would be like, I don't know, Bucky's still there too, and they both get to be Captain America at some point. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also like hoping that um, I don't even know. I don't know if this is a thing in the comics, but they don't care. They don't need to match the comics. But I'm gonna need Princess Shuri to be like the next Iron Man since she's smarter than Tony Stark, and we probably will be losing him as well. It's like. Who's going to take over for Iron Man? Can it be Shuri? Like, can it? <laughs> I, I... I would love it. That doesn't follow the comics, does it? But it should. It doesn't. But, like, who cares? Like, I don't feel like the MCU, like, the movies care that much. They're, like, they did what they wanted with Ragnarok, like, mix-matching stories and stuff. Like, go ahead and just... Oh, like, yeah. does anybody really care about... Is it War... Like, who's, um... Who's Iron Man's right-hand man? Um... Who's supposed to be the next uh, Iron Man? Iron Patriot. Yeah, him. Like, like we haven't even seen Don Cheadle in a while. Like, I'm over it. Let's uh, let's put Shuri in there. She's smarter than Tony Stark anyway. Like, everybody wants more Princess Shuri. Like, let's just make her the next Iron Man. Uh, I or I'm, I'm with you, but also like I feel like. Like I love me some Don Cheadle again. Never seen him do a bad job. Oh yeah, definitely not. But. I th- Civil War would have been better with his death. Yeah. No offense, Don G. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they were keeping him around because he's supposed to be the next Iron Man, but it's like, it's getting kind of to a point where they're both kind of like, I was like, I, I don't, I don't even know if Iron Man's sticking around. Like I know Captain America's supposed to die. I think Iron Man might die. Like, I don't know. I'm just making all these crazy deaths. I'm like, everybody's going to die. And we're just starting from scratch. Like who's the new superhero? It's <laughs> like, let's go. But I really just want princess Sherry. Like, could you imagine how much fun that would be? Oh, it was so good. It'd be so good. Would, would she, what's the name of the female Iron Man in the comics? Isn't it Ironheart? I don't even know. See, I knew there was a female. I just don't know the name. 
It's all right. Our nerd cred is is, is lacking right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I I only I've only gotten into the MCU based on these films lately. So I was, okay. I was a DC gal growing up. Like like I'm I'm ready for my Miles Morales oh, as Spider Man. Yeah, that's that's another thing. I have a friend whose literal life mission is to be Miles Morales in the film. Like he's like waiting in the wings. I hope he gets an audition because, like, he's been working his butt off his entire life, I think, to be Miles Morales. <laughs> yes. And, and I, you could do a great job. I mean, it would saying. be great. I mean, I do want to see this new Peter Parker play out for a while because I love him. Um, he's my favorite. And I, I'm not ready. He is in my Yeah, well. like, he's perfect. He's the perfect age for once. And also, like, I'm not going to lie, Zendaya. I am in love with her as MJ. Like, that's my thing right now. I am so excited about that, and I'm ready for more. Um, That was another thing. Like, I sat in Spider-Man really disappointed because when they first came out with the Spider-Man, they were talking about how Zendaya was going to be the new Mary Jane, and then they, like, took it back and were like, no, he's got another love interest. And I was, like, so disappointed. So, like, at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, when she was like, oh, my friends call me MJ, I lost it. I think I literally yelled out in the theater. I was like, yes! And Dan was just like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, sorry, this is all I came for. I came for Zendaya. (laughs) (laughs) What what I'm hoping Hollywood is learning, albeit way too slowly, is as long as you have decent writing and decent acting color can change like any actor can portray almost any role um there was uh uh like like everybody was worried when when uh daisy ridley was ray in star wars and it was like everyone was worried that a female couldn't carry that movie i'm like well first of all she I was like, first of all, she absolutely did. And we've shown that if it's a good story and you slap the the title Star Wars on it, it's going to be successful. Yeah, um, that's Hollywood's inherent racism right there and like and everything and sexism. Because um, actually, I have like a, a story about that. Because basically, if you have more than like one black lead in a film, it gets dubbed as a black film. And it's no longer like mainstream. Um and one of the examples of that is when Will Smith was making Hitch. Um, they were like, well, we can't have a black female lead because then this won't be a mainstream film. It'll be considered like a black film. And so they want, but he was like, but I still want to have like some kind of woman of color or like minority as my like lead. So they were like, well, let's get a Latina woman because it'll still have like someone ethnic but it won't get dubbed a black film and so that's why his love interest is latina because they were trying to avoid like getting that stigma because then it wouldn't be like considered a mainstream like hollywood film and that's like how hollywood has been forever really and that's like a story he told before and i was like that's crazy that strikes me uh and again i'm speaking from a, a point of privilege as the stupidest thing i've ever heard yeah. It's, I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. So, like, all those movies with... Because they, you know, Hollywood, they still make movies, like, black films, but they're considered, like, black films. Like, Waiting to Exhale, about four, like, 
black female women like helping each other out through these like issues and like all these other films but they're considered like oh that's like or like any Tyler Perry movie they're like considered black films they're not just like you know they're, they're just for black audiences like mainstream won't go see them like the main everyone that's just how it has been I personally have not seen those movies, but I'm like, if you tell a good, like, like, like Black Panther, it's a good story with great acting. Um, obviously, I think if you had a majority white cast, it wouldn't really work. No. Uh, it would also be obnoxiously terrible. Like, every, it would have been bad. <laughs> that would have been a oh, bad yeah. situation all around. Um, I, yeah. Uh, I, I honestly, I have no idea where to go from that. And it's like, no, there's nothing I can really say except for the fact that hopefully things are changing for the better. And hopefully black Panther being the highest grossing February movie of all time yeah. uh, shows that. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know what? There's a lot of other people in this country who would like their stories to be told. And if you do tell their stories, they're going to flock to the theater to go see it. Like, Theater attendance is not that high. You know, the tickets going up, the prices being so high. And then the fact that, like, you keep seeing the same movies with the same white people in it over and over and over. It's like, why do I keep coming to the theater? Why do I need to see this? It's, it's obnoxious. And also, Hollywood has been, like, the worst. So this is, like, hopefully a step in the right direction. Well, and it's it's gotten to the point where, like, there's some white actors that are just, they no longer try. Mm-hmm. Like Johnny Depp. First of all, I don't I don't go see Johnny Depp movies because he's an actor I no longer I choose to no longer support. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is now just Captain Jack in every movie. <laughs> I haven't seen um, any other movies lately. Um, actually, no, I guess I saw Fantastic Beasts, but he was only in there for like five seconds. Yeah. And I haven't even seen that one yet, and I love Harry Potter. But Jeff Goldblum plays himself in every movie, which is fine because Jeff Goldblum is amazing, and I love him. Right, but you're uh, right. That's very true. That, he is himself in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you've got like Nicolas Cage. Oh Nicolas Cage has not been <laughs> not Nicolas Cage in years. Yes, that is true. So I mean, it's nice to see to see actors actually trying these days. To, you know, actually become the character and not just kind of coast their way through it. Yeah. It's just, it's nice to have our stories be told and to have people be able to see themselves on the big screen represented for once. I mean, honestly, that is so important. Growing up as a child, um, I never got representation. Like the magazines tell you it's beautiful and it wasn't black, you know, like seeing myself represented as beautiful was a very rare thing um more or less powerful in films or valuable or anything else like we're usually these stereotypical like beings being played we never see us as real or as you know you know strong or anything you want to aspire to be so it's like one of those things where it's like finally we get this movie where not only are we in this badass superhero movie but we're also like the women running things. Like, honestly, I, I compared T'Challa to Harry Potter. I was like, he's nothing without all of his women around him. Like <laughs> Okoye saves his butt multiple times. Cause you know, he freezes. And then you've got Nakia who basically like saves him again by being smart enough to know what to do once he's like 
overthrown or whatever. And then you've got his sister, the brains behind everything. And I'm just like, these women are running Wakanda. And I believe, I mean, Beyonce said it best, girls who run the world. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it, it was incredible. And the only other time I've ever had that feeling um, in a movie theater before uh, was when I went to see Hercules, Disney's Hercules. It was it was the very first time I had ever seen myself in a Disney animated feature because they were the very first black characters. The muses. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And an animated That's- feature film for Disney, the muses were there first because, trust me, I would have remembered seeing myself in a Disney movie before. Like, that was it. 1997, the very first time Disney made black characters in a feature film for animation. Ugh. And I was like I, blown away because I saw, I remember being in the theater and I was just like, oh my gosh. Cause like I'd never seen that. And I was shocked and in love. And that's why the muses and Hercules is one of my favorite Disney movies to this date is because of the muses and what that movie represented to me. Wow. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, I myself got a little pissed off when, Minnie just got her star on the walk of fame and Mickey had one 40 years ago. And Winnie the Pooh got his star before Minnie Mouse. Dude, Shrek got a star in 2010. Yeah, what is this? Yep, Shrek. I, uh, yeah, I was. Donald Duck, Winnie the Pooh, all of them. I'm like, Winnie the Pooh, really? You got a star before Minnie Mouse? Okay. All right. Like, Winnie the Pooh, what does he do? He falls into honey pots and walks around with no pants yep. on. Ridiculous. I mean, sounds like an amazing life, but. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you try that on Hollywood and Heinland, you're getting arrested. True that. True that. (laughs) Um, Is there anything that you would change or thought could have been improved in Black Panther? I'm actually at this point, it's still like, I'm still, I feel like in a romanticized relationship with Black Panther. So right now to me, that film feels perfect as far as like how they portrayed like that struggle between Africa and African-Americans. And I mean, I loved how Killmonger made T'Challa a better leader because he made him see that like the way he was leading was not the correct way either. I don't know. There's just a lot of things in that film that I thought were so great. And I just love how the women stayed in the front, like were like main, like part of the main focus of that film. And just like, I, I can't at the moment. No, it's too hard. I'm too like in love still with that film to be able to like dissect it at the moment. <laughs> What about you? Uh, I hear you. Uh, you, you. I say I don't want to ruin your perfection, though. I, I doubt you will is... because, like, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I don't know. Go ahead and tell me what you think. <laughs> right. So, and this is definitely personal preference. Um, I don't like stakes being so high that the world is always at risk, um, and. Uh, for example, like one of my favorite uh, Marvel movies is Ant-Man just because the world isn't at risk. It's it's the final battle that takes place in a little girl's bedroom and it's over like technology and money. Like that's that's. Oh, OK. So that's the, that's the stakes. Of the- so like your superhero movies, it's starting to get mundane because the world is always at risk kind of a thing. It's like every movie. It's like, OK, the yeah. world's in danger again. What are we going to do? 
that kind of a thing. Yes. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the reasons why I always loved Civil War because it was just the stakes were they were kind of high because they were friends battling friends, but it's not like there was a threat. The world. There's not like a bomb right. going to go off that's going to destroy the world. This one, I was very much like, I loved it up until the ships went away to deliver all the weapons. But because then I thought that made. Um, but was the world at stake? Because honestly, I was just thinking, or would the world be a better place? Like from my point of view, I was like, that would have been interesting to see that hash out. <laughs> like the world wouldn't have ended. It just would have, the regime would have changed. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. So like, you know, Killmonger was just trying to shift the balance a bit. Like nothing wrong with that. I'm pretty sure this world has had control a little too long. And, you know, maybe a regime change would help the madness that is the, the world right now. Um, you know what? I, I... They weren't trying to kill the world. With, with all the conversations I've had about this movie, nobody has brought yeah. that up. Were they, were any, was anybody Everyone's black? Always was anybody been black like, in those conversations? Because I feel like the black people are like, huh. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, no, actually, no. And so I think that shows a little bit of uh, uh, white mm-hmm. mindset from my yeah. point of view is, yeah, it was. And can I I'm just going to call myself out on this inherent. Uh, inadvertent faux pas, but why all of a sudden. Do would I equate black people running the world as the world ending shame on me yeah it probably was the violence the violence of how they were going to take over like you know like they really would have had to like murder some people but at the same time isn't that how we got america to begin with so i mean he's not wrong no you're you no he's not and you're you're absolutely right but it's it's do you know what this was this was me Mm -hmm. being afraid Legit. That if black people were in charge, they would treat me like white people have treated them. And mind-blowing. You are That's why this movie's so good, because it's doing that. And it's like, you know, to me, I'm like, I mean, I kind of, like, I was like, oh, no, like, this is bad. We shouldn't be, like, murdering kids and children. But the other part of me was battling myself because they were like, no, let's see what happens if Killmonger succeeds. Because, like, wouldn't that be, like, a nice little dose of, like, change? Like, maybe maybe let's let that play out. Like, I literally, and I think that's one of the reasons why I had such a strong reaction. Because part of me was rooting for Killmonger to get that, those ships out of there. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I, you, you know, I, 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 God, I need to go right? see Right? Like, again. now you're, because he's like not trying to, like, times. take, like, in the world. He's trying to change it by like putting the the oppressed people in charge now i yeah um i think it's gonna be really interesting for the listeners to listen to me coming (laughs) to terms with with the fact that i was like oh the reason i thought the world was gonna end is because of my own inherent racism yeah that's it's great though i love it i love it so much because now you're like oh man (laughs) it's like that internal like dissection where you're like wow like what was i thinking this whole time like what's going on yeah yeah uh and i've i i kind of have thought of myself as 
uh, progressive and um, some women in my life have described me as quote unquote yeah. woke. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm as woke as I thought I was. No white person ever can be because you don't live our experiences. So there's always going to be something you've never thought of because it's not your life. You've never inherently grown up with it. So even if you're aware and you're trying to like be better and you're trying to like help or as an ally, you still, there's still things you'll never actually grasp, but you'll always still be learning because unless you grew up or you're living the experience, you know, you only have a limited point of view. It's one of those things where uh, you don't know yeah, what you exactly. don't know. And so you just keep learning. Now I just now I just give you another mind explosion for you to like dissect now. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> mind right? blown. Uh, I think I've gotten more out of this podcast <laughs> than any I listener so will. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, I, I don't think there's anywhere anywhere to go from here. Do you have any closing thoughts on... Uh, Black Panther. I just feel like what a time to be alive. Like, I just, I can't even believe it. And like just the celebrations of blackness throughout this country and all the people dressing up and just acting insanely proud and excited and wearing their coming to America garb and just like all kinds of like, you know, come into the movie theater with drums. Like, I don't know if you saw all these videos and posts and things, but it's literally just been the effects of Black Panther existing has made my life so full that in a bleak time as America is in right now, and God, it is so bleak to have this little like nugget of like sunshine has been has been a great it's been great to like just be like well at least black panther exists like anytime i'm like what in the heck is this world coming to i can remember like but black panther like exists so at least i can you know not go into a hole of like the world is terrible bright little ray of sunshine i'm with you and i i i for for one am so glad that this movie got made and that this movie is as successful as it is to give, to give you and people in similar position as you, those feelings. And hopefully it shows Hollywood. Like I've said that, that times they are a change in. I hope so. I'm really hoping for more like, I mean, television has already been trying to like change. Like I've noticed a lot of more people of color and women leading television. So I've been paying way more attention to TV lately because movies have been just so slow to evolve. Whereas TV has been like really just changing and evolving and becoming like the better thing to watch if you want to see diversity and like all this kind of stuff. So it's about time that like Hollywood films catch up. It's like, let's go. People want to see these things. Like let's stop pretending that only white male leads can carry a film. You're absolutely right on that one. Um, I think we're going to leave it there. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for coming on. I hope uh, I hope I can get you back on at some other point in time and we can discuss uh, and we can discuss other other awesome films. Yeah, I'd love it. And uh, please tell Dan that uh, hopefully if it comes in in time, I have a present for him on Wednesday. Okay, I'll let him know. <laughs> and other than that, everyone else out there listening to the Dumbos and Dragons podcast, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I hope you all have a great uh, latter half of your week. And if you haven't seen it and you continue to listen throughout this podcast, uh, go see Black Panther. It's uh, amazing. And if you have seen it, go see it again. On that note, work out, nerd out.
Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.